to Gloucester Vineyard podcast. We are creating a comedy that brings hope and joy to Gloucestershire and we are thrilled you've downloaded this message. So without further ado, let's hear this week's talk. As Daniel has um, kind of hinted at earlier, um, uh, over the next couple of weeks, we are going to be talking about the supernatural. We're going to be talking about miracles. We're going to be talking about signs and wonders and amazing things happening that defy our expectations. Um, And so, obviously, we're going to start with a game. Yes, thank you. It's getting more enthusiastic week on week, so I appreciate that. Thank you. Um, On your tables, if you're not on a table, find a table to join. Um, There should be a large piece of paper, like an A, yes, wonderful. Thanks, Pippa, for demonstrating. Um, And you're going to have two minutes to create a superhero. So I want to see a picture. I want to know what their powers are, what their name is. I want to see labels. And, of course, I want to know what their key weakness is okay and we're going to vote to see who who would win so two minutes superhero powers weaknesses names labels go all right we are going to hear from each table shall we start rich can you talk us through your superhero please so so we we decided he wasn't really going to be a superhero he's just normal man Brilliant. so, he, so he's, he's got like legs and a He's a little bit wide around the middle. and um, the Yeah. Oh, brilliant. So you took the brief and went, scrap that. I'll just draw a person. <laughs> Cheers. I'm looking forward to seeing him in a fight with one of these superheroes. Thank you. <laughs> oh, uh, just a person. Just a man with a little bit extra around the waist. Just normal man. That was his power. Normal man. Right. Who's going to represent? What's this superhero? Mr. Avery's superpower has lasers out of his hands, x-ray vision, super strength, mind, magic and control, flying cape, healing and known weaknesses. Oh, and he time travels. And time travel. Mr. Every superpower. I like it. He's got everything. All of the things. There's, there's a lot of biceps on this one. You've got to come and have a look at this. It's a bit disturbing. Right. Who's represent Mumbles. What, Helen, what have we got here? He's super duper man. He's got eyes in the back of his head. He climbs walls. He flies. He's got massive muscles. He helps people's, people in distress. I think he was supposed to have flippers, but... Flippers? I like it. And, you know, suckers. Oh, he's got hand suckers and flippers. I like it. So that is super duper man. He's got normal man, Mr. Every Superpower, super duper man. Who have we got over here? Uh, we have an IT guy. Um... <laughs> He has um, glasses that can see through the computer to see any problem. Okay. He has a T-shirt which doesn't quite fit him with a stain on because he was bitten by a radioactive mouse. And, um, and um, he also has brogues and socks just so that he's fine for going indoors and outdoors when, he's, when the weather's good or bad. And he's in shorts all year round because, you know, he's got to be running places. Very practical one. I like it. So, but his superpower is that he has glasses he wears to see through computers, just to clarify. Brilliant. Wonderful. I like the backstory though. IT guy. Always helpful. Who who Darren. You've been re- you've been nominated. Go on, Becky. All right. This is electricity Steve. Um, his uh, strengths are electricity, as you could guess from the name. Spiky hair, 
Um, I guess one of his weaknesses might be running out of hair gel, but it's not. No, he, he always has hair gel. Uh, um, it, one of his strengths is also strength. <laughs> he can power hair dryers, science. Oh, also, he makes portals. You see this, you see this green? That, that's a portal, right? Um, his weakness is water, because, of course. Plastic, because electricity. Kittens, uh, <laughs> the ground, and capes. <laughs> so I'm just going to clarify, his weaknesses are water and the ground. So the entire world. Excellent. Okay, so we've got electricity, electricity Steve, IT guy, super duper man, Mr. Super Every, Mr. Every Superpower, and normal guy. I want to hear the loudest cheer. Who votes for normal guy to win? Who votes, who votes for Mr. Every Superpower? Oh, we've got some, I've got some defectors. Um, who votes for Super Duper Man? Yeah. I mean, they're winning. Who votes for IT Guy? Yeah. A little less committed. And who, go, who votes for Electricist Steve? Yeah. <laughs> um, that was wonderful. Thank you for voting loudest. I'm going to vote for the ultimate vote and the only one that really matters. I'm going to vote. For Mr. Every Superpower, because they covered all of their bases. Well done, everyone. Thank you for humouring me, mostly. Um, all right, so um, on the screen behind us is going to come up with a picture of a person who looks like this. Yes. <laughs> Excellent. Um, so this guy is definitely not a superhero, um, but he is a significant guy for us as Gloucester Vineyard Church, um, but also the wider church at large. Does anybody know who this guy is? He's not a young Father Christmas. Jeremy. It is. This is a guy called John Wimber. Um, so he is the guy who, with a few friends, started the vineyard movement, um, and he led it globally until he died in 1997. Um, I would highly recommend um, you have a little YouTube to hear his story, his backstory, who he is, where he's come from, and how he ended up where he did. Um, he's funny, he's honest, he's compelling. Um, but more than that, uh, this guy, John, um, was driven by action. He wanted to get stuff done, to see things happen, and specifically to see the church and our cities transformed by the power of Jesus' love. Now, John was um, a professional musician in a band called the Righteous Brothers. Woo! Got one whoop. Um, I was going to say, does anyone know a Righteous Brothers song? Unchained Melody. I'm not going to lie, it's way before my time. So, and I haven't looked into it through us. But anyway, despite their names, the Righteous Brothers um, were, like most bands in the 60s and 70s, into sex, drugs, rock and roll. And... Long story short, uh, John's wife, Carol, um, started to get a bit sick of it, to be honest. Sick of the sex, drugs, rock and roll lifestyle and looking for comfort and support elsewhere. Um, and so, incredibly, she chooses to join a local church home group, very much like the ones that meet on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday with us. Um, she goes along to this home group. She's invited by a friend um, and she... Um, she basically discovers Jesus. She goes along, she finds community, and she discovers Jesus, which 
I don't know, we all said earlier, how, how many people here love hearing stories about people discovering Jesus, even if they're 50, 60 years ago? I just think it's the most beautiful thing. She's desperate, she's broken, she's looking for comfort and support, and she finds it in Jesus. Oh, thank you. Um, anyway, she starts following Jesus, and um, the home group starts to pray for Carol's husband, John. Um, and John... Um, starts to notice something different in Carol. Um, eventually, he's like, what? <laughs> what is that? Um, I should probably check it out because you're very different. Um, and so he goes along to the home group to suss it out. And he too has a powerful encounter with Jesus and starts following him too. This isn't a home group in a local church. Like This isn't like your big conference centers, your soul survivors. Whatever. This is a home group in a local church. And so John starts following Jesus as well. Um, and as soon as he f- starts following Jesus, John's like, a, like an all or nothing kind of guy. Um, and he starts reading the Bible like it is going out of fashion. Um, he becomes really active in his local church community. Um, and crucially, he gives up this rock and roll lifestyle to follow Jesus. <clears throat> Um, And after a few months of following Jesus um, and reading his Bible, he comes up to the guy leading his church um, and asks him, he goes, when do we get to do the stuff? And the pastor looks at him like, I don't know what you mean. What do you mean, do the stuff? And John's like, well, when do we get to do the stuff that Jesus did? Jesus was always doing these miraculous things, healing people who were sick, bringing dead people back to life, speaking to people as if he'd like read their emails, if Jesus was in an email time. Um, like, when do we get to do that stuff? And the pastor replied, oh, we don't do any of that stuff. We just, we read about it. And John was like, I gave up, I gave up drugs for this for reading about some guy 2,000 years ago and it bearing no consequence to our life today. And so John had been reading these kind of four biographies of Jesus' life, uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, over and over again. And he was utterly inspired and convinced by Jesus' life um, and took Jesus seriously when Jesus said, "Um, I tell you the truth, Anyone who believes in, who trusts and follows me, will do the same works I have done and even greater works because I'm going to be with the Father. So I'll just read that again. I tell you the truth. Anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done and even greater works because I am going to be with the Father. And so John's like, okay. Why don't we take Jesus at his word? If Jesus did all of these amazing things and he says that we can do these things and even greater, sign me up. Like, when do we get started? How do we do that? And over the following years, John and his friends pushed into these questions and saw some truly astounding, amazing, miraculous things happening. Um, And it is from this place of questioning and pushing into the Holy Spirit that the vineyard movement was born. Now, I don't know about you, but I personally find this incredibly challenging because my life, if I'm honest, is not often interrupted by miracles. And this church, Gloucester Vineyard Church, which is brilliant and we love it and it's awesome, 
is also not a place where we regularly see miracles happening. But um, we believe that this is probably less about God's willingness and ability to do miraculous things through us and actually more about us simply not seeking and expecting them. And so we are going to take some time on our tables again. Um, You'll find an envelope, um, and in that envelope in just a minute are some of the miracles of Jesus written down on little slips. And what I want you to do is to rank them in order of most likely to least likely to happen. Um, And there's even some um, even greater works slips. So when Jesus said... um, will do the same works I have done and even greater works. Then if you've got any suggestions on what even greater works might be, feel free to write them down and add them into the rank. Um, and just to clarify, this isn't about doing, getting the correct answers and ticking the box. This is a place to be honest. Um, so if you're full of faith and stories and expectation for the miraculous, we definitely want to hear it. But if you're here um, and it's actually all nonsense or you're disappointed or whatever, this is a safe space to do it too. Um, I'm going to give you uh, five minutes to do this. Um, so take your time, have a chat on your tables about expectations. And this is also an opportunity to talk about your experiences of this, positive or less so. Okay? Five minutes, rank them in order, and I'll give you a heads up in half, half the time. All right. Okie dokie, guys. Right. Time up. I've got them written down here. I want to, I think an easy way of getting some feedback is point high if you say it's like most likely to happen, point low if you've had this on your lesser likely to happen. Okay? And then if you want to say middle for all of it, you can do that. High or lower? Um, Walking on water. Low, we've got one high. I like it. Um, so high is high is like most likely to happen. Low is least likely to happen. So walking on water. Multiplying food. Oh, oh, we've got middle and up. Mumbles has clearly got a, a story there. She's like, I've seen it. Um, good, excellent. Um, freed from a demon. High, low, middle. Wow, you guys are like, smashed it. Um, Knowing a person's secrets. Hi, 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 hi. Hearing a message from God. You guys have all got that fairly high up there. Raising from the dead. That is least likely to happen. Right bottom, like the bottom. Okie dokie, least likely to happen. Um, Blind people seeing. Oh, oh, quite a few middleys. I'd have thought everyone would still have that low. Middley, okay. Um, did anybody have any even greater works than this that they suggested? Go on, Ollie. Yeah, Mary's Immaculate Conception. Smashed it, Ollie. All right. Any others? No, cracking. Well, I would hit like, pardon? Miraculous healing. Okie dokie. Fab, thank you. Nice and high. Water to wine. Absolutely. All right. But creation. Wow. What is, I mean, smashed it. Yeah. Awesome. That's even greater stuff. 
creating things out of nothing. Um, all right, well, I'd love to hear some stories, and we would have, but time is running away from us this morning, so I won't do it yet, but let's share afterwards for sure, because I think that'll be a real encouragement to everyone. And so today we are going to be unpacking this realm a little bit. We're going to start that process. Um, We're going to be setting up for the next two weeks when we're going to be doing some workshops on how to do the stuff. Um, So watch out for the next couple of weeks. It's going to be brilliant because we are convinced that there is this healthy middle ground on this stuff that we, we can expect and push into the miraculous, but we can also hold that intention with a really decent theological understanding of why, for example, sometimes people get healed and sometimes they don't. Um, This middle ground of loving the Bible, holding it in highest regard, um, and loving the Holy Spirit and expecting to see him do amazing and miraculous things in and through the church. And so today we're going to be learning a bit more about what John Wimber explored and discovered on the why of the Holy Spirit. Um, And then in the next two weeks we're going to be unpacking how um, we go about doing that. Does that sound good? Brilliant. Can't say no because I've got the microphone. Um, So earlier um, we came up with these superheroes um, and you only need to look around us to see that the kind of films Hollywood keeps like spurning out at a race um, is that we're obsessed with the supernatural. Um, Daniel's currently educating me on the Marvel series. Yeah, okay. Um, I think good woman actually for... uh, (laughs) engaging with it. Um, We have done Iron Man and all of the various sequels that there seem to be of the never-ending Iron Man story. Um, Thor, the first um, Avengers Assemble, Um, Captain America, not gonna lie, I'm quite enjoying them, they're all right. Um, Guardians of the Galaxy, do you know what, I watched that on its own a while ago, so, but I've got to see it in order and sequence and context, apparently. Um, So, Um, Yeah, I'm really enjoying them. They are all quite similar. There's a lot of fighty-fighty, shooty-shooty baddies being overcome. But um, we, as humanity, we love um, the idea of superpowers, of superhumans, um, of something which breaks out of the everyday, um, of something that offers us hope and a taste of something that is greater than us. Um, And that's why the Marvel films are so compelling. They're tapping into this kind of primeval desire for rescue. We have this inbuilt desire for someone to come to the rescue, someone with power to intervene. I'm sure we can all relate to this in some way, um, this feeling of being helpless at times, of being hopeless, needing rescue, needing help. You know, many of us have been ill or know people who have been seriously ill or died. Many of us know what it's like to be faced with that reality and to hope and pray and wish for a solution. Many of us can relate to the feeling of isolation, of wondering if we're truly known and loved and if that person really knew us whether they would still love us. And I expect um, all of us can relate to just looking around the world and asking if there is a hope, a way, a power which can set things straight. You know, when we look at Afghanistan and attempt to relate to the plight of refugees, like how can there be hope for systemic change there? Or 
in our own country where we're confronted with the disgusting truth of institutional racism and sexism. Like, is there any power which can step in, answer and address and change all of that? These are deeply felt human needs and it's against this backdrop of society that, that Jesus comes onto the scene not like Iron Man, fighting this never-ending conveyor belt, conveyor belt of you know, increasingly dangerous foes. Jesus comes onto the scene as a humble Middle Eastern carpenter, yet one who has the power to bring back people's sight, to bring children back from death, and to speak life and truth to abused women. Jesus shows up on this rescue mission to end all rescue missions. He's on this restoration and reconciliation mission. A mission to reunite humans with the God who made them and from whom they have been estranged. But even more than that, Jesus is on a mission to restore people's health, to restore people's dignity, to restore people's hope, Jesus' mission was about our day-to-day -day physically felt needs as well as our eternal needs of friendship with God. And I guess, I guess the question is why? Like, why did Jesus do all of that extra stuff? All of the miracles and signs and wonders? Because if the whole point of Jesus coming was to die on the cross and rise from the dead... Why didn't he just do that? Like, why did he do all of the miracles? Was it just like window dressing or like a drum roll up to the main event? And I think to answer these questions, we need to consider Jesus's perspective, the way that Jesus saw and understood the world and how he acted as a consequence. I think um, so often we consider the world around us as normal, um, that all the stuff that we spoke about earlier of isolation and loss and suffering is a normal part of living in this world. And it certainly has become our norm, hasn't it? It's certainly become our norm. But Jesus' perspective on life was a little bit different. Because, you see, Jesus was there in the beginning when creation was formed and it was very good. Um, check out the first chapter of the Bible, a book called Genesis, for some beautiful poetry about creation. Jesus knew what this world could be, the potential for life and life in all its fullness. And so when he comes onto the scene as a man 2,000 years ago, he looks around and he doesn't see normal. He sees subnormal. He doesn't consider suffering and pain and discord as normal. He sees it and his heart breaks because he knows the potential. He knows what it could be like. He was there when the world was very good. Before all this downward trajectory of pain and separation had started. And Jesus' desire, his aim, his purpose was to restore our norm to his norm. And 
that is simply why Jesus didn't only die and rise again. That is why Jesus did all of the stuff, the miracles, the signs, the wonders, giving a voice to the voiceless, restoring lives. He was reintroducing the kingdom of God, God's plan A for the world, where normal life is free of pain and abuse and grief. Because he'd seen it before. He knew of a different normal and was enabling it to happen again. He was commanding eyes, which were always meant to see, to see. He was declaring lepers who were always meant to have health, to have health. He was releasing women and children who were always meant to live freely, to live freely. He was claiming the fact that one day death will be defeated and applying it to the present. And that's the perspective Jesus walked around with. He didn't see his miracles as a supernatural interruption to life, but rather he saw all of earth as a subnatural interruption from life in all its fullness. Uh, all of life as a reality less than what it was made for. And so when Jesus prayed for someone to be healed, he was asking for normality to be restored. The miracles that we see through Jesus are foretastes of how one day everything will be. Restored and reconciled back to God and his plan A for the world. Now, it's, it's really easy to look at Jesus and think, well, Jesus could do all those amazing things because he was God, wasn't he? You know, uh, he was God walking around. So, of course, he could just zap and heal people. Um, and the Bible is clear that, yeah, Jesus absolutely was God, completely God. But the Bible is also clear that he was also completely human, like in every way. And so when Jesus did amazing miracles, he did so in as much humanity as you or I have. Now, there's so much to say on the whole fully God, fully human thing. It's a bit mind-bending. Um, and we're going to pop a little podcast in the weekly email. So if you've not signed up for it, sign up for it. Um, looking into that, we've got a friend who really unpacks it really wonderfully. Um, but for today, it's enough for us to know that though Jesus did all those amazing things, it wasn't because he had superpowers. He had no special advantages over us in that department. Jesus did all these things through the power of the Holy Spirit that lived in him. And the Bible says in a book called Romans that the same Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. Jesus did amazing things through the power of the Holy Spirit living in him. And that same Spirit comes to live in us when we start following Jesus and inviting him into our lives. The Holy Spirit is God's personal and powerful presence living in us. He's our tangible link to God, the one who holds our hands and leads us day by day through this life. But he's also the one who enables us to see and grieve over the state of this subnormal world. He's the one who kindles our hearts with compassion so that when we see someone suffering, we want to step in and help. And he's the one who, when we ask God to do a miracle, actually does all the stuff. 
We don't have any power or ability to heal anyone or raise anyone from the dead. Only God can do that. And so with the Holy Spirit living inside us, we get to partner with God, grieving over the brokenness of this world and then calling the world back to plan A, welcoming the kingdom of God here and now. And so, I mean, yes, the kingdom of God here and now. Yeah, absolutely. But so the whole point of all of this um, is that we can be full of the same spirit. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And we can choose to adopt that same mindset that Jesus had. We can walk around our world and recognize the ways that it was, that it is subnormal. We can dream about the ways that this world can be restored to plan A, back right at the beginning. And then we can ask God to intervene in powerful, miraculous, in wondrous ways. Jesus did all of this stuff, and he says that we can do it too. Jesus did these things because, oh, I'm going to have to have some more water. Oh. Jesus did all of these things because he had a different perspective. That our experience here on earth is not the way the world was meant to be, nor the way that it could function. He had a different perspective. And Jesus did all these things because he was full of the Holy Spirit. The same Spirit that is available to you and to me and to you and to you. It's available to all of us here and now. And that is the invitation for us this morning. Are we up for having our perspectives changed? Of having our perspective enhanced, flipped on its head entirely? And do we want to be filled with the Holy Spirit? Yeah, the same Spirit that filled Jesus and released the kingdom of God here on earth. Rich, would you... Would you come up? And Daniel, would you want to come as well? Um, so in the coming weeks, um, we are going to be um, unpacking what this looks like in practice. We're going to be asking some questions like why sometimes people get healed and sometimes they don't. Um, but for now, we want to end by doing a couple of things. Um, the main one being to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Um, if you want to choose to trust and follow Jesus then you can be filled with the Holy Spirit. If you haven't been already, you can be filled again or for the first time. Um, We want to ask to be filled with the Holy Spirit today. Jesus did these things because he was brimful of God's personal presence and we can be as well. So we're going to welcome the Holy Spirit to come and fill us full this morning. Um, But we also want to ask for some miracles here and now. Like, let's not be waiting for some kind of unknown future time to see God's kingdom come. We can believe that we believe it starts now. Like, it doesn't have to be when we've got our lives together or when we feel like 97% full of the Holy whatever. Like, it can happen now. So, if you're in need of a taste of heaven in your everyday life, today is your day. So, why don't we all stand? Okay, that's all for this week. I hope that that blessed you. If you like the message, please share it with a friend and consign the sub.
subscribing to keep up to date. And if you want to get involved with what we are doing here in Gloucestershire, then all the details are on our website. A wimble away, a wimble away, a wimble away, wimble away, a wimble away, a wimble away, a wimble away, a wimble away.